Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. How's everyone doing? Good! You guys sound unsure. Welcome to Here to Make Friends. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. So Claire, I just got back from L.A. and have been catching up on all of my very important Bachelor news. (laughs) And while I was gone, you got to sit down and have a brief face-to-face with Nick. How was it? Yeah, it was awesome. Basically, he was in town doing press for episode six of The Bachelor, as one does. And he was on AOL's Build series with um, one of our coworkers, Lee. And I just got to steal a little time with him at the end. I just like stole him for a sec. And we sat down on a couch. Yeah, I was like, hey, can I talk to you for a sec? And um, the, the bodyguards were rushing at me, but I managed to elude them. And we sat down on the couch for a few minutes in the green room and just talked about how this experience was for him. And did you tell him, like, you might be falling in love with him? Did you say this green room is the perfect place to fall in love? (laughs) I missed so many opportunities for (laughs) in-jokes that he would have really appreciated, I think, because he's never heard them before. Um, (laughs) Nick is just too jaded to the Bachelor world now. (laughs) I know. And he he had a great poker face. I kept trying to probe him for... Even though I don't want spoilers, I kept trying to probe him on the outcome, and he gave me nothing. He just gave me that blank stare that he does. I mean, I feel like he has the literal worst poker face of any Bachelor we've we've ever seen. I can tell exactly how disinterested in a woman he is immediately. Yeah, I mean, but that's the face he was giving me. <laughs> Just completely disengaged. (laughs) So you are Whitney. Right. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think it's possible that he just really wasn't vibing with me at all. Um, But, you know, it worked because I still don't know what happened at the end of this season, which is exactly what I wanted. Um, And he did talk to me a little bit about Corinne and why he's been defending her since the show. And... um, And just generally what it was like to go from being a contestant so many times to being in the power position. He is really the most experienced Bachelor alum of all time now. He's the most qualified Bachelor (laughs) we've ever seen. I think he can definitely parlay this into um, being a Bachelor alum for the rest of his life, as God intended. Just a permanent Instagram (laughs) presence. I mean, shirtless selfies and sponsored (laughs) Instagram post for years to come. I am so looking forward to it. Me too. Nick, Nick, don't worry. I just we, want we to still, know. We still love you. I just want to know which woman is going to be with him on this on those journey, Instagrams, if you will, on the Instagram journey. <laughs> Who's going to be eating those sugar bear hairs with him? Well, 
maybe some of our listeners will be able to discern a little hint uh, that we didn't pick up from this delightful interview. I had a great time listening to it. I was super sad to miss time with Nick, but um, I'm excited that all of our listeners get to hear it now. And fingers crossed, Nick will be back in New York at the end of the season, and maybe we can, you know, stay on for a sec again. Yeah, just like for—we can just reinterrupt for a sec. <laughs> Love a good reinterruption. <laughs> okay, without further ado, here's the interview. All right, I'm—are uh, we live? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're I'm sitting here with Nick Vile backstage at AOL Build, and we're just going to ask him a few questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Nick just had a starburst, but I think he's fully prepared to talk now. Pink. Oh, that's the best Starburst flavor. Quite nice. Yeah. Okay, so after all the time that you've been with the franchise, um, what surprised you most about actually being the lead? Uh, You know, my friend, I'm good friends with Chris and and Ben, and I've had stressful moments, um, you know, being on the other end of things, but they kind of always said to me going in, it's like, man, there's... There is nothing like it. It is so hard. It is so taxing, and it's physically and emotionally just challenging. And so I certainly prepared myself for that, and it's certainly – most things in life don't live up to their height, but that did. And um, it's – you're just – you always have to be on, right? And there's a lot of great things about being The Bachelor, but it is challenging to know that every decision you make is going to affect everyone. And when you're – and usually if you're making – you can only make one person happy while disappointing many. Um, and it, it can just get to you and be draining. So it's, it's, it feels like a very impossible thing while you're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Were there any good surprises or mostly just the uh, stress and anxiety? Well, I mean there was always a lot of great surprises. And I think when you're The Bachelor or even on the other end, I think the surprises come in those moments where you feel like you're making a connection with someone. Because um, as difficult as it is, you're always fearful of it not working out. And so anytime you have a great moment, I think those for me were like things I really hold on to. And, you know, you see those a lot in the one-on-one. There's obviously moments with my first one-on-one with Vanessa. You saw that, I think, with Raven. Uh, with Rachel, certainly there were a lot of those great moments. And those were the moments I really held on to, to be like, all right, as stressful as this can be, these, this is why I'm here. And so I think for for me, those those were that, that was it. Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you real quick about Corinne because everyone wants to know. Um, and you've you've stood up for her a little bit um, over over the the time that she's been getting some Corinne? flack. I, you know, <laughs> uh, Nick is a great podcast guest because he likes to ask questions too. Um, I I'm not a big fan of Corinne. I don't think she'd be friends, but I do think she's a sort of classic bachelor villain in the sense that she's not really hurting anyone. She's not really doing anything bad. She's just not everyone's cup of tea. And she says some things that maybe aren't the nicest, but in the end, it's not like she's a a bad person. Well, no one. Yeah. I mean, I I think the the villain for the most part is probably a, a pretty inappropriately used word in that world in terms of no crimes are ever really committed other than maybe Chad who actually threatened people. Um, I would argue that that Corinne maybe is a bit non-traditional because, and I think you're seeing that while certainly she can still maybe rub some people the wrong way is that she isn't, um, she has a lot of friends in the house and you don't see all the women complaining about her. You see less and less now. Um, I think at this point, like with, say, Olivia and Ben's season, it was pretty much 
it was pretty evident that it was kind of the house versus Olivia. And that's just not the case with Corinne. Um, she's a big personality and she can rub people the wrong way. But um, it's not that I'm defending every action of Corinne. I just think sometimes in that world, people um, can lose a little perspective and, and freak out over the smallest of things. And while she may not be some people's cup of tea, I mean, like, uh, also, she's never really done anything wrong. And at the same time, you know, as we've talked about before, like, they're just limited with time, and there's only there's a lot of things they can't show, and they're always probably going to show the most compelling and interesting things. And she can be very compelling and interesting when her biggest parts of her personality come out. But she certainly has a softer side, and she can be a very sweet person. And while, um, you know, she definitely plays up to kind of, like, um, maybe ditzy or whatever. She's she's no dummy, right? And she you even saw that with Taylor a little bit uh, in terms of uh, not being intimidated. And I will say this: uh, having no like when you see Corinne come in in Wisconsin and feel the kind of the wrath of her peers and and sit down very calmly and address the group. Well, you may not agree with everything she said. Imagine being in an environment where you're cut off from family and friends and your entire world. And you're stuck in this environment where you, you, you're going for something and then feel like everyone around you is against you. Whether you deserve it or not, that is a very difficult situation to be in. And to kind of face it head on, it takes a special quality. It takes a, it takes a level of intelligence and a level of determination. And say what you want, she did that, right? Um, and it was, it's very hard to do in that environment. I guess I would take issue more with the idea that she addressed it calmly, because I don't think that her, those conversations were ever very calm. I think she would get a little confrontational and say, bring your issues to me. And then when they did, she would say, why are you criticizing me? How dare you? Sometimes. With the Christina conversation, I think specifically, she, you know, she's not perfect. No, no one is. But again, like, back to like, in that moment, she, whether it was true or not, she felt like everyone was against her. And, then, and when you have no support system at all or you feel that way, it can feel like an impossible thing. And so any level of even the attempt of trying to talk um, – and again, I'm not defending every action of Corinne's. But uh, I think sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's, it's easy to criticize certain things, but I think it's, it's important to recognize some of the, the positive things. So do you think maybe you have a soft spot for the the girl who is a little bit on the fringes because of where you've been on the show in the past? In some respect. Um, it wasn't like just because um, she got herself in some trouble that immediate. Uh, but I think you know me well enough at this point that I, I like to see things in gray. Um, and there's always another side to a story. And I think sometimes people can exaggerate in that world. Um and so I didn't get um, caught up in it. You know, I use it as an opportunity to get to know the women. You know, while I didn't agree necessarily with everything Vanessa said at the time, like when she called me out for the Bouncy Castle thing, that was a moment where I think I get a lot more respect for Vanessa and the way she was able to confront me in a way that was productive. Uh, it also showed me that she's the type of woman who will speak her mind. Um, and so that that a lot of good things came from that and so again being the bachelor you have to use all your resources and sometimes it's finding out how people react to not getting their way you can tell a lot and Corinne kind of helped facilitate that I guess sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it's very useful have you maybe this is a spoiler have you 
ever tried Raquel's cheesy pasta? Um, I think it's safe to say that I have not. Okay, no. that's fair. It doesn't really say anything. No, if you said that. yes, it would mean that you had met Raquel. I'm not. No, said, no means nothing. Okay, that's fair. Do that I was that it? was a trap. No. Um, good job. All right. Uh, how challenging was it for you to switch? You know, in the past, you've been able to just really focus on one relationship on the show, and and as the Bachelor, you're juggling so many women. Mm-hmm. Um, how difficult was that for you? Is it hard for you to compartmentalize that? Yeah, it's but it's just not a normal thing, right? It's it feels very impossible at times. I mean, again, it's one it's it's hard enough to go from say a really compelling one on one where you feel like you make a connection and then go to bed and then press the reset button because you're either going on a group date or maybe a different one on one or two on one, but to try to do that in the midst of like a cocktail party or a group date where. Early on, um, you know, in that first group date where there was 12 women, now you didn't see them all, but I had 17 conversations that night. You know, it wasn't just Corinne who I talked to multiple times. There were a couple others. And, like, you're literally going from one conversation to another. And while it's my 17th, for some of those women, it was their first, right? So you always have to be on. You have to be respectful. You have to try to forget about that last conversation and then give that new conversation your full attention, not only for them, but you want to make sure you don't miss anything. You don't want to make sure that th- your lack of connecting with someone had only to do with the fact that you were just exhausted. Um, and so you want to try not to miss out. So you're saying that as an introvert, being the bachelorette would be a bad way for me to find love. It also could be a great experience for you, and you never know. I think there is no denying that being the bachelorette or bachelor um, – it is a very powerful world, and you find you might find yourself to be far more extroverted as a bachelorette only by necessity. Um, you might not even realize what you're capable of. Um, so who knows? I, I can't say uh, whether anyone would be good or bad at, at being the bachelorette, but it's difficult. That is a very diplomatic response. <laughs> um, fortunately, I think I'm not at risk of ever being the bachelorette. Um, so I just have one more question for you to just sum it all up. Um, ultimately, you know, you've been friends with some past bachelors who've had a more traditional arc mm-hmm. in the franchise. Um, ultimately, do you think that you having so, so much experience on the show helped you be the bachelor? Or do you think that it might even be easier for a bachelor to come in with more of a clean slate and less baggage? Um, I don't like to call it baggage. I just threw that in to annoy you. Thank you. It worked. Um, I think while filming it, it probably helped me. Because if nothing else, um, I, I didn't really worry about anything else other than the women and the relationships. And I was comfortable enough with that world to let all those other distractions not get in the way. It makes it harder watching it back because of so, there's so many opinions and there's so many like – or just added pressure that goes into it. Like uh, constantly m- the past seasons are referenced, which I get it. It's, it's a, almost a necessary evil, but that can be a little draining personally. Um, but I think as a, filming it, it probably helped prepare me to make sure that the experience was as authentic as possible. Um, do you think there are any women who at this point on the show need to have uh, a one-on-one conversation with you in order to learn that you have been on The Bachelorette in the past? Do you think any of them really need to to be filled in on that at this point? Probably not. 
Okay, so we're we're probably done with that part of the season. Who knows? Um, <laughs> that, those those conversations have a way of um, popping up because again, like also as a viewer, there are some things that I know that feel redundant. Um, they feel redundant to me, but again, while again, it might be, I've already talked about it with one person. I haven't talked about it with someone else. And, you know, it's like, it's like dating in, in the real world. You know, oftentimes your first date, you have a lot of the same conversations with people and like, you're kind of annoyed with it, but that other person wants to get some of those key takeaways of like your background, your dating life, your family, et cetera, et cetera. And you see a lot of, of that uh, on The Bachelor. And so um, assuming I don't walk out on this season, uh, there would be a hometown. And a lot of those conversations uh, about like my past and things like that ultimately come up there there too. So what, what gets aired, I don't know, um, again, if that were to happen. But um, yeah, I mean, I get it, but it's just kind of a necessary evil. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I think we can all attest that you get into a relationship with someone you think has great first date stories, and then it turns out those are their only four stories. Yeah. And then you're stuck with it forever. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to Thanks sit down with me. This was really fun. Yeah, thank you. Cool. All right. I'm just going to cut it there. And that's it for this bonus episode of Here to Make Friends. Thanks so much to our guest, Nick Vile, for talking to me and to our producer, Nick Offenberg. And also, while you're waiting for next week's episode, please remember to find Here to Make Friends on iTunes to subscribe and give us a rating. We're also on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emily Rose. You can also, of course, send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffingtonpost.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week for Episode 7 of The Bachelor. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. 